Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. You don't say. coming out of Florida, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, He has just uh, given a 45-minute speech where um, he has identified big tech, so Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, YouTube. He has identified big tech companies as the leading threat to American democracy. Wow. Wow. He has pledged that Florida Republicans would take action. This is what he said. These platforms have changed from neutral platforms that provided Americans with the freedom to speak to enforcers of preferred narratives. I would agree with that. Consequently, these platforms have played an increasingly decisive role in elections and have negatively impacted Americans who dissent from orthodoxies favored by the big tech cartel. And he lists, he lists, I think, nine actions that the state of Florida is going to take against big tech companies. They include the following. Because currently, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, you see this. Like on Twitter, I follow several conservative uh, broadcasters, several conservative thinkers, and I can't see them in my feed. So I follow them, but Twitter blocks them from popping up in my news feed. Dan Bongino is one of them. If I want to see what Dan Bongino is tweeting, I have to go to his Twitter account. Well, under Florida's bill, that would stop. Florida would give citizens a private right of action against any big tech company that doesn't use mandatory opt-outs as a content filter. So now, if big tech decides, you know what, I don't want you to see what Dan Bongino is tweeting, it can just block you. And I'll never know. I didn't know that until I was like, wow, why am I not seeing any of Dan's tweets? If it doesn't want you to see a particular story, it can block it from appearing in your feed. Under what Governor DeSantis is working on, each user would have to opt out from big tech's content uh, content filters, meaning Facebook could have all the filters it wants. But Facebook would be required to have you say, that's okay, yes, uh, block these people. It couldn't just arbitrarily do it. And if it did, you, a private citizen, would have the right to sue Facebook. And I'm telling you, this is brilliant because you're unleashing the trial lawyers, right? I mean, they brought down big tobacco. They brought down asbestos. Because now you're incentivizing people financially to say sue. I signed up to your platform because I wanted to follow these people. I wanted to see these stories. And now you're shadow banning them, meaning you're not telling me you're banning them. You're just doing it. Fines of $100,000 per day would be levied on tech companies that suspend candidates for elected office. So you're Donald Trump. And Twitter says, hey, you know what? Uh, We're going to shut down your Twitter account. Florida would impose $100,000 per day fine on tech companies that suspend candidates for elected office. You know, I have mixed feelings on that because I don't think you should treat politicians and their speech differently from everyone else. And, And really what you're encouraging here is just everybody start running for office if you don't want to be suspended and then is it just going to be preferred candidates is it just going to be republicans and democrats do libertarians count constitution party green party 
Governor DeSantis also proposed daily fines for any tech company that uses their content and user-related algorithms to suppress or prioritize the access of any content related to a political candidate or cause on the ballot. Again, I don't like this because you see a stratification, right? So if you're a candidate and you're saying something, you can't elevate or suppress that. If it's a ballot issue, you can't elevate it or suppress it. But everything else, well, game on. Greater transparency requirements. And then power of the Florida Attorney General to bring cases against big tech companies that violate these conditions. And look, we're seeing the same thing on Australia. Australia is on the verge of passing a law that would require big tech to pay for the content that they're posting for free. So if you're a newspaper in Australia, big tech can just take that content, put it up, and have people access it and not pay the content creator. Under Florida law, it's saying, hey, if you want to take the content, you have to pay for it. And it doesn't look like uh, Australia is going to back down. And I think this is the opening salvo, right? The attorney generals are filing suit. And I get it. There's a big uh, debate within the conservative community saying, look, private businesses should be able to conduct their business without government interference. Facebook, despite its size, is still a private company. I get that. But it's, it's receiving protections because it claims that it's a platform. Well, if it's really a publisher, if it's really out there taking sides and picking winners and losers, it's not a platform and it shouldn't have the protection that the law affords it. If you're a hotel, you get certain protections, right? You get to conduct business a certain way. But if you're a house of prostitution and just say, hey, we're a hotel, you don't get to operate as a hotel, And isn't that what big tech is doing? They're saying, hey, we're a platform. Yeah, but you're really acting like publishers. You're picking winners and losers. You're deciding what speech you're going to favor and what speech you're not going to favor. Doesn't that really change the way you should be treated under the law? And I'm telling you, I think what's really brilliant about Governor DeSantis's uh, proposal is that he's not saying that, hey, you've got to file a, a criminal suit and we're going to pursue charges or you've got to bring it to the attention of the uh, Florida attorney general. What he's saying is if you do this to a Florida citizen, that Florida citizen can sue you. Now, I wonder if there's any really popular controversial People in politics that have recently moved to Florida that could take advantage of this law. Let me think. And no one's coming to mind because that'd be a really good idea, right? You have somebody who was really penalized by big tech. They moved to Florida. Now, of course, they would have to be banned, right? They'd have to be banned from Twitter or Facebook and Facebook and Twitter would have to admit to that in order for this person to take advantage of the law, it's a real shame because if there were, if there were somebody like a high profile person who big tech targeted during a campaign and then, and then came out and said and admitted, Hey, we're going to continue this ban on them in perpetuity. That was even the perfect fit for this, uh, this new law. But like I said, you know, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But when we come back, I want to talk. I want to read an article from Ken Blackwell. He talks about the impeachment process that uh, the Democrats are ginning up against uh, Donald Trump. And it is tragic. It is tragic because they're going to put the country through an impeachment that this trial that isn't necessary And it's not just that it's not necessary. It's what they're not working on because they're focused on impeachment. There's COVID. There's a pandemic. We have a country that needs to heal. And the Democrats show up, you know, in each hand, they're carrying another five-gallon can of gasoline. 
and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are just flicking matches, you know, into the room that's already soaked. But I want to tell you why this is a bad idea from a constitutional perspective. Putting politics aside, is it right, is it necessary to abuse the Constitution the way the Democrats have and the way they intend to with the upcoming impeachment trial of uh, Donald Trump? We'll have that story and more right after this break on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to Stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 406 0046. 800 406 6046. That's 800 406 0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. You can go to fedbyravensmedia.com and uh, listen to all of our broadcasts uh, live as they happen and also in uh, podcast form. I want to uh, talk about this article by Ken Blackwell. He wrote an excellent article on the upcoming uh, impeachment trial of Donald Trump and why it's wrong, not in terms of the politics, but why this is really damaging the Constitution. This is the article, and I've edited some of, the, uh, some of the paragraphs out, but the fact that Democrat Senator Pat Leahy, not Chief Justice John Roberts or Vice President Kamala Harris, will preside over former President Donald Trump's impeachment trial 
should draw bipartisan condemnation. You see, this in the Constitution, excuse me, in the Constitution, it carefully sets out the extremely narrow and limited role in our democratic republic for impeachment, the process for removing those in power without going to the ballot box. It is a serious matter for anyone other than the voters to remove an elected official. This is especially true when it comes to removing the president of the United States. America has only one president at a time, uniquely chosen by all the nation to represent all the nation. That is central to the purpose of the Electoral College, giving weight both to the population of each state and the fact that each sovereign state has particular regional concerns that should be addressed. Thus, each state gets two electors for being a state, plus an additional elector for each congressional seat in that state. The will of the voter should generally be supreme as a basic principle, so the Constitution places strict limits on undoing the results of an election which is what impeachment does. The Constitution requires that impeachment of an executive officer can only be for specific purposes, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. It also requires a two-thirds vote in the Senate to convict, not a simple majority. This principle is uniquely heightened when anyone other than voters is considering removing a president from office. When the Senate holds an impeachment trial of the president, the Constitution commands that the Chief Justice of the United States shall preside. Legal scholars note that this is because otherwise the vice president could preside as the president of the Senate. But a second purpose is served by requiring the chief justice to preside. Senators are political animals elected through the democratic process. Although the six-year terms insulate them from the passions of the moment more than the two-year terms of House members... They are still political animals. The chief justice, however, is a life-tenured and is head of the judicial branch of government. His presence is an additional guarantee of due process for the accused, an impartial judge, one who imposes the rule of law rather than mob rule, and as such is a check on political passions. It also means that only the involvement of both the first branch and the third branch of government, meaning the legislative and judicial, can remove the head of the second branch, the president. Pat Leahy's usurpation of Robert's role in the second impeachment trial of Trump highlights how this whole affair is unconstitutional. Leahy is not an impartial judge. He has already called for Trump's conviction before he's heard any witnesses or evidence. In a federal court, Leahy would be required by law to recuse himself as a judge. In fact, there were no such due process protections in the snap impeachment in the House, and the Senate is poised to mimic those due process violations. As Senator Rand Paul has pointed out, the idea of trying a former president is itself unconstitutional. Impeachment is the Constitution's mechanism for removing someone from office. Trump is now a private citizen who occupies no office. It appears that Justice Roberts has signaled he refused to go to the Capitol to preside over this unconstitutional circus. Had he gone, perhaps he would, but had to rule in favor of a motion to dismiss the proceeding at the outset. Roberts is clearly no fan of Trump, but he still is subject to the requirements of the Constitution. So, what do the Democrats hope to achieve? 
They want to disqualify Trump from ever running for office again. But that's not their decision to make. The voters get to decide who to elect for president, not senators. The Constitution does not allow them to take away the people's choice when it comes to former office holders who might run in the future. This is, this is the paragraph I want you to listen to. Even if the Senate could impose such a penalty on a former elected official, it would still take a two-thirds supermajority of 67 senators to convict. The Democrats clearly do not have the votes for that. So now Democrats are claiming that it only requires the vote of 51 senators to disqualify Trump from running for future office. So do you see what the Democrats are trying to achieve? The Constitution says, hey, you need 67 to convict to remove someone from office. And what the Democrats are saying is, well, we're not trying to remove him from office. He's already gone. We just want to prevent him from running for future office. And that only requires 51 votes. It's clear the Constitution requires 67 votes to impose any penalty on someone who has been convicted uh, and impeached. This is why Kamala Harris will not be sitting in her seat as president of the Senate. Now think about that, right? So Justice Roberts, he gets a call on the bat phone saying, hey, we're going to impeach uh, Donald Trump again. We want you to come down and preside. Justice Roberts, he brushes off his copy of the Constitution. It's got about four or five inches of dust on it. He brushes it off and he's like, wait a second. I only have to preside during the trial of a sitting president. Well, Trump is no longer president, so I don't have to preside. Goodbye, good day, thank you, you lose, to quote Willy Wonka. And then he hangs up. Well, now the Democrats have to say, well, wait, who do we have preside? Well, technically, it should be the president of the Senate. Well, that's Kamala Harris. But that would look so bad, right? I mean, how bad would that look? Kamala Harris presiding over the impeachment of Donald Trump? Most Americans couldn't stomach that. So let's get a relatively unknown senator from a far-left state who is himself far-left and have him preside. It's because the Democrats know this isn't going to end well for them. And remember, this impeachment isn't driven by... They're not in the driver's seat. They know Trump is going to come back at them in a big way. He is. He's keeping his powder dry. He's golfing in Florida. But you know he's planning something big. But we do know this. Whether that trial lasts four hours, four days, or four weeks, at the end, we will see the same headline as we did from last year's impeachment. Donald J. Trump acquitted. We'll be back right after this break. Radio News with Lance Pride. Governor Andrew Cuomo, the Democrat from New York, comes under immense scrutiny for his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. On Monday, a report details Cuomo's contentious relationship with the New York State Health Department. The Times report claimed nine top health officials resigned over the last year. The former officials allege Cuomo sidestepped their proposals for dishing out COVID-19 vaccines to residents. They added Cuomo deleted decades worth of planning. A hundred House Democrats are asking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to include amnesty for some illegal immigrants in the COVID relief package. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus is heading up the group of House Democrats who sent a letter to Pelosi over the weekend seeking amnesty for at least five million illegal immigrants deemed essential workers and added to the stimulus bill. 
Six people were arrested Monday for trespassing after altering California's iconic Hollywood sign, changing the last four letters to B-O-O-B. USA Radio News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. President Trump is expected to give comments to the court Tuesday on the impeachment trial set to begin next week. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki has more. A week away from his second impeachment trial, former President Donald Trump announced he was bringing in a new legal team. Former Assistant U.S. Attorney Andy McCarthy tells Fox News that in a legal proceeding, that would be cause for a delay in a trial. But since impeachment is a political matter, the president's new team will have to quickly prepare their defense. They can make arguments for all kinds of things. The fact is we have to keep remembering that this is a political proceeding, not a legal one. So the normal due process rules wouldn't necessarily obtain. Uh, I think what you're seeing is the president has replaced a team that appears to have been, you know, more along the lines of the traditional legal team that wanted to put their head down and, and proceed with the case. He wants a little bit more of a public defense because it's a political proceeding. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. You know, we talked about uh, how transparency is so important for government's credibility, right? That's how we judge whether or not government is functioning, whether it's corrupt, whether it's playing favorites. It's not through listening to politicians, right, because they do doublespeak all the time. It's really from let's take a look at what's happening behind the scenes. And that's why I think it's incredibly disappointing that – You know, Governor Newsom in California, he won't release the data, you know, that he relied on in closing the bars, the restaurants, in destroying people's lives. And his reason is, well, you wouldn't really understand it, right? The other side could use it against me. And it's echoes of Joe Biden. Remember, uh, Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of sexually assaulting her in a uh, government building uh, when he was a senator, And the American people, they were like, well, she has a right to be believed. She has a right to be heard. Show us the records. Because she said she was working for you at the time. Certainly you have records that would show her employment. And she says she filed a complaint. So those records should be available. And we know where those records are. They're at the University of Delaware. But do you know what Joe Biden said? When he was asked about releasing the records, he said no. And he says, not because I'm afraid of of this incident, but, you know, there's a lot of records in there and they could be misinterpreted by people and they could be used against me in an unfair way. Well, if anybody knows about how to use words against somebody in an unfair way, right, it would be someone who lived and worked in Washington, D.C. for 47 years. So there his records sit. So Newsom says basically the same defense. Well, this could be used against me politically, and it's very complicated. And, well, you know, you're all busy. You elected me to be here. Now I'm going to reopen the state. It's not because it looks like I'm going to be recalled. They need 1.5 million signatures. They're at 1.3 million. And I think Newsom is feeling the heat. So all of a sudden, this epiphany, I'm going to reopen the state. Oh, it has nothing to do with the recall, but I still won't show you the records. Well, not to be outdone, you remember uh, Andy Cuomo up there in uh, New York or back there in New York. 
he becomes a television superstar because the media is fawning over him, literally falling over each other to praise his response to COVID. I remember his response. He got on TV and he started screaming at Trump. I need 40,000 ventilators. If I don't get 40,000, you pick the people who are going to die. Do you remember that? Trump sent him, I think, 3,000 ventilators, said this is all you need. And do you know what? They didn't even use the 3,000. Cuomo said, send the ship, send the Navy. Trump sent the ship. And there it was in the harbor. And Cuomo couldn't figure out who to send to the ship and who not to send to the ship, so it sat there unused and underutilized. And then he made a decision that was doubly tragic. He made the decision that if you tested positive for COVID and you are in a nursing home, instead of sending you to where, where could we send? Well, maybe that ship, maybe the makeshift medical facilities they were building. Cuomo made the decision, I'm going to send you back to the nursing home. And people were like, wait a second. You're sending them to the most vulnerable population. There's a lot we've learned about COVID-19, but early on we knew it attacked the elderly and the sick. We knew that from the get-go. What does Cuomo say? Ah, send the elderly back to the nursing homes. Well, Mr. Governor, I don't think that's a good idea. I've decreed it. Now don't bother me again until six o'clock tonight. I'm very busy writing this book. And I'm doing auditions for an Emmy that I'm going to get for my handling of the uh, pandemic. Well, in a shocker, the New York Attorney General, she comes out with a report that's damning to Cuomo. Damning. And one of the provisions in the report says, you know what? The actual fatalities... The actual fatalities from the nursing home deaths may be underreported by 50%. Now, you know, there's a lot of stats floating around about COVID. But you mean to tell me we don't know how and where 50% of the nursing home fatalities took place under Cuomo's watch? How's that possible? So a subpoena is issued. A subpoena is issued for the records relating to the nursing home deaths because transparency is a good thing. It's not, a, look, I don't think the attorney general is doing this because she wants to get to the bottom of it. I think the attorney general, like most politicians, has an agenda. And her agenda may be running for office. And what a great way to kneecap your opponent. So a subpoena is issued. And I think that's good because I think transparency is necessary. Why? So we can find out how did these people pass away? Was it because of bad policies? And it's not to blame Cuomo. It's to say, how do we prevent this in the future? How do we make sure this doesn't repeat itself? Guess what the New York State Senate Democrats did? They blocked the subpoena. They said, nope, you're not entitled to these records. Why? Don't people have the right to know? Don't people have the right to know if the people they elected are making good policies, bad policies, or tragic policies? Can you imagine if this were Trump? I'm going to block that subpoena. I'm not going to turn over these records. New York State has bent over backwards trying to get Donald Trump's private tax records. Remember? Case went up to the Supreme Court, back down to the Supreme Court, all over the New York judicial system. For what? For his record, his tax records from 10, 20 years ago? 
Well, the people have a right to know. We need transparency. We've got to find out if our elected leader failed to pay sales tax on a pack of bubble gum in 1972. But when it comes to 10,000 people who passed away in their own state, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, last year, they circle the wagons and they treat you as the enemy. And what's their excuse? Well, you know, this, this is complicated. These issues, you, you let these records out. And what about the privacy? I mean, wow, the, these old people, they deserve their privacy. It is sad. It is tragic. And it is unacceptable. It really is. But it causes a cancer to grow in the body politic because it creates massive amounts of distrust between the people and the people elected to lead. And that's a secondary harm that just continues to spread and fester throughout the country. Because really what politicians are saying, like Governor Newsom in California and Tony Cuomo in New York, what they're really saying by denying transparency is, I'm above the law. You can't hold me accountable. You don't get to hold me accountable. I get to make decisions that will destroy lives, that will send people into depression, that will take recovered addicts and crush them. And in some cases, policies that result in the deaths of thousands of people. But you know what? You don't get to hold me accountable because you'll never see the records. You'll never see the reason why that decision was made. And if you question and you push back, you're the troublemaker. You're the agitator. You're the problem. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, uh, another Tony, Tony Fauci. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two masks. Wear three masks. Where is he today on masks? We'll be back right after this break. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. 
Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Joe Carey Show. Just uh, two stories that uh, you're going to find very difficult to believe. The first one is a a San Francisco high school teacher. She wrote an op-ed. Have you seen the Bernie Sanders meme? It's uh, basically him attending the inauguration, and he's wearing uh, uh, an oversized coat. It looks, you know, very puffy, and these super thick mittens. Like, it looks like your handmade mittens. And uh, he's sitting there at the inauguration, and somebody snapped the photo, and it has gone viral. It, it, it's been everywhere. So, you know, Bernie's eating at the restaurant. Bernie's at the NBA game. Bernie's on the moon. Just people have taken this image, and they've superimposed it uh, on all these various backgrounds. And uh, he's licensed it, and he's raised $1.8 million for charities throughout Vermont. I think that's a good thing. Well, this teacher in San Francisco, Ingrid Sayer Ochi, she is a former UC Berkeley professor. Okay, so the flag goes up. She's a former UC Berkeley professor. She wrote in the San Francisco Chronicle that the Vermont senator's choice of recycled wool mittens was integrated uh, into her class lecture on U.S. diversity, white privilege, and discrimination. This is what she said. I puzzled and fumed as an individual as I strove to be my best possible teacher. What did I see in the image? What did I think my students should see? Now think about that. She says, what did I see in the image? But listen to that next part. What did I think my students should see? Right. So she wants to spin the narrative like, do you see this? Do you see the white privilege? Do you see the racism? Whatever it, whatever message she wanted to extrapolate. Well, this is what she saw. A wealthy, incredibly well-educated and privileged white man showing up for perhaps the most important ritual of the decade in a puffy jacket and huge mittens. Well, I I guess I kind of agree with that. I mean, let's break it down. A wealthy, yeah, Bernie Sanders is wealthy, right? He's a socialist, but he has three homes, millions of dollars in the bank account, incredibly well-educated. Okay, I would agree with that. White privileged? I, I, I don't know. And did he show up to the inauguration? Yes. Was it the most important ritual of the decade? Eh, Okay. Was he in a puffy jacket? Yes. Did he have huge mittens? Yes. So we agree on all that. But then she says this. The senator, she said, manifests privilege, white privilege, male privilege, and class privilege in ways that my students could see and feel. Sayerochi said in the op-ed that many people without privilege would not be able to dress like Sanders did on such an occasion. 
I don't know many poor or working class or female or struggling to be taken or female or struggling to be taken seriously folk who would show up at the inauguration of our 46th president dressed like Bernie. This article says the op-ed left many people on social media scratching their heads. One person wrote, so Bernie represents the terrible privilege of the white and rich because he didn't wear expensive clothes? Another person commented, apparently it is privileged to dress comfortably and not privileged to wear expensive designer clothes while the media talks about ensembles like it's a red carpet event. So do you see what Bernie's crime was? Bernie's crime is he unleashed this on the country. Because, look, at the end of the day, white privilege is going to be whatever someone on the other side wants it to be. So Bernie Sanders shows up. He's cold. Right? How old is he? I think 107. He's going to wear a jacket that's going to keep him warm. And he's got these. It turns out the mittens were given to him, I think, by a school teacher when he was campaigning. So he shows up, and I've got to tell you, I thought it was refreshing. You have AOC showing up in a designer outfit, $3,000, when she does these interviews with magazines and these photo shoots. I'm offended by that. Not because it's AOC, but because AOC is always decrying the classes, always castigating the rich and the well-off. But what, you want to mimic the very... What, the class that you're always castigating? So Bernie Sanders shows up, looks like an average jacket, like a Land's End type of jacket. He's got the big oversized mittens. Why should that be a bad thing? And there's not a lot that Bernie Sanders and I agree on, but I've got to say, looking at the app, I was like, good, good for you, Bernie. Thank you. But think about this. Uh, the, uh, the woman who pointed this out, apparently she's a high school teacher. And she's teaching students that to dress that way is, is white privilege. Hey, the other story I want to cover is uh, Dr. Fauci. It, it's absolutely, it's not only uh, confusing but the harm that this man has single-handedly done uh, to the country and the trust of the people in government when it comes to fighting this pandemic cannot be overstated. This is from the New York Post. It starts out with this quote, it makes common sense. The director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases said in a live stream interview with the Washington Post. Who is that? That's Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci said he met with colleagues at the CDC on Monday about the possibility of wearing two masks, and the agency has agreed to conduct a study to determine the effectiveness of wearing two masks. Let's talk about that first. What two masks do you propose in the study? Think about the last 10 people you bumped into. Were they all wearing different masks? You go to the same restaurant, everybody's wearing a different mask. So what two masks are they studying when they say, yeah, we're going to study these masks and see if it's a more efficacious or not? Fauci said, the reason the CDC doesn't recommend two masks right now, it's a science-based organization. They make recommendations based on data and science. So that's why uh, they're going to look at that particular issue. The reason why many people are using double masking, and in fact, you have probably have seen me wearing a double mask. Yeah, you know what? Now that he mentions it, yeah, at that national baseball game, I do remember. Oh, wait, he wasn't wearing any mask. I don't, I don't, I, I have seen Fauci in a double mask. But he wasn't wearing one at that baseball game when he was sandwiched in between his two friends. 
the fact you have probably seen me wearing a double mask is that you can make a general common sense extrapolation. The CDC has agreed to conduct a study to determine the effectiveness of wearing two masks. If you put two on and you're looking for enhancing the physical barrier, it makes common sense that it certainly can't hurt and might help. You know, that line, you got to be careful for it. That's the same thing they said when they were like, hey, we're just going to impose this, you know, crush the curve. It can't hurt. We're all in this together. Now people are dying at record numbers because of depression, suicide, people losing their life savings. It can hurt. It does hurt. Fauci has previously called on people to start double masking, though there are some concerns that the practice could cause more harm if one is not worn correctly. An infectious disease expert who was an advisor to President Biden's transition team said that problems can occur with masks that have an already compromised fit or filtration capacity. If you add on another mask, you may actually make it tougher for the air to move around through the two cloth area. And then at that point, it causes more air to actually leak around the sides, which actually enhances your ability to get infected. Did you catch that? Guys, we live in an amazing time, amazing world. Remember, three things you need to do. One, take the time, get right with God, be kind. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde up next right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. 